Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Talevi, and joining me to take your questions this evening are Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments and David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Um, we have uh, sat through quite a few budgets together um, and it seems as if the previous panel of guests were very, very dismissive of what was announced today. They, no one really managed more than a 5.2 out of 10, um, but it didn't seem to have any a dramatically negative market reaction. David, what did you make of it, just broadly? You know, th that's unfair. I mean, the man's hands are tied. He also belongs to a, a political party that you would expect would go out there and uh, um, spend huge amounts in order to capture votes, particularly at a time where they're in the midst of a crisis. And yet I found it very balanced, very mm. pragmatic, and, uh, you know, to the point. We, we can discuss uh, uh, a lot of the detail in it. I mean, number of amounts, I was just before we came on, just uh, Wayne was a little upset because they allocated a billion to SA Airways. But by and large, I don't think there's anything that, that, that made us nervous. Even the Eskom story, which had already been discounted, there's very little they can do about it. So... I don't, you know, to give him 5.2, I don't know. That's, that's, I, I don't know what, what they expected him to do. Yeah, give the so, party 5.2. Give the party 0 out of 10. But, you know, yeah, Treasury, yeah. Treasury actually does hold the line. There was nothing particularly populist. I mean, you know, his hands were tied. Absolutely. So, um, if it wasn't for Treasury, I would hate to see where we would be. Wayne, just uh, maybe on, um, you know, fr from the JC perspective and the RAND perspective, the RAND did seem to strengthen a little bit. And maybe that mm. actually is the RAND saying, yeah, it, you know, under the circumstances, this was okay. There were no major tax increases. They haven't gone on a spending spree. Um, uh, you know, there's, they're, they're doing something about ESCOM's debt. Maybe it's tentative. Um, it's, you know, um, don't yeah. write South Africa just off just yet, essentially. Look, look, no personal tax increases, decent bracket relief. That's all, that's all good news. Other good news, which actually didn't make much of a, a headline, was that we're running a primary surplus. Oh. So in other words, the government is spending less than it earns if you ignore interest. Of course, you, interest mm, yeah. does come as, as an expense. But what it means is if you're running a primary surplus is that your debt doesn't carry on compounding because you are borrowing less and less. So it's actually, it's actually good news, the primary surplus. I mean, Eskom was always going to happen. I mean, I mean as they, Eskom just cannot fail. I mean, there are a couple of other state-owned entities that maybe should just fail and, and just close them down and get rid of it because it just seems to be a never-ending money pit. But um, it's a good budget within the constraints. Um, revenue collection is actually, was it six or ten billion rand more they expect than the medium-term budget that came out in August. That's also very good news. So I think a, a reasonably positive budget given the circumstances. But there is unfortunately a however, is that most budgets you feel like this. You know, you most budgets that come out, you feel, hey, it's good, it's nice, it's all good. Somehow that that, that euphoric, euphoric feeling just sort of like fades away. Yes. The, you know, not too many days after after the budget. But it is a good budget. The RAND's driven by factors way bigger than the budget. Mm. Okay. This is driven by yeah. global slowdown, commodity price weakness, etc., yeah. etc. Et okay, let's talk about... There was commodity. a health yes. warning. Huh? 
David? Mm. There was a health warning. You know, wage increases might be more than they anticipate. Economic growth might be slower than they anticipate. Those kind of things right at the end, which could upset, upset, you know, upset the budget, which we know. Mm. But but I think that they didn't do anything dramatic. And, uh, and as Wayne said, you know, that uh, they are looking at a positive budget. I mean, uh, a, a, a primary surplus, surplus yeah. yeah, which is something we haven't had for a long time. Yeah. So but let's see. I'm, I'm, I, I, I have great respect in this country for not only the Treasury, not only the Reserve Bank, but uh, the banking sector as well, who also keeps a similar course. Mm. So I think it's one part of this country that that we can be proud of. Yeah. Well, you can uh, you can dampen your euphoria by watching Annika Larson's interview with Andre Director, I suppose, where yes. essentially he talks yeah. about how complicit all the ANC ministers are in the uh-huh. corruption going on at ESCOM. Anyway, yeah. we shall move on. And um, Wayne, you mentioned mm-hmm. the factors beyond uh, South Africa's control affecting the RAND being a downturn in commodity prices, and it has been vicious in the last couple of yes. days, seeing what's happened to the, some of the commodity shares. And there was a question on BHP. What's the view on it after the recent results, and is the longer-term outlook for commodities still positive yeah look i mean this is one of my central themes uh, and but it is a longer term theme so it's a five year plus theme global growth will resume again nicely next year in the major economies except for china because china's already growing on the back of opening up after COVID. so we should have decent growth and very limited supply growth so decent demand but very limited supply because no one's invested capital at virtually at all since 2015. Mm. So shorter term shares were too expensive. They were up 40% from October through to middle of January. They've come off 15% from them. They're probably going to come off more. If they do, you must buy. I think commodity shares will be an extremely good performer, excluding gold extremely good performer um, on a five-year plus view, but in the shorter term, probably some pain. The one sector that is already in value territory are the platinum shares. I mean, they've taken an almighty pounding when you look at it coming off the highs, Um, but they're probably going to fall more, so you might get a better buying opportunity later. So the bottom line is weight, further weakness, seriously consider buying. David, would you wade in? And if you were to wade in, would there be any particular shares you'd like? In, in commodities, yeah, I I'm, I looked at uh, I was looking at Amplat's chart today and it just horrified me <laughs> because it is a complete break that's gone back three years, and mm. uh, you know which just uh, reinforces what what Wayne has said. But we know from commodities it's highly cyclical, and uh, you don't you buy it when it's when nobody wants it when everybody's cursing and so on. This is a typical blood in the streets type stock. So wait. You will get that opportunity mm. and you will make money. In the meantime, the commodity companies have still got lots of cash, well-funded, and, uh, you know, are looking for deals. We've seen BHP, you know, looking, talking about getting into the uh, cleaner metals. I don't know what, how you can describe them. Even Neil Froneman trying to do a deal now in copper and uh, I think nickel and copper in Australia and that. So they're still looking around. They know where the future is. You know, they know that um, they've got to keep production up and so on. But but just wait, you know, if you're going to go okay. into commodities, um, it's, a thro- it's a thrombosis sector. <laughs> so, you know, when you have the thrombosis, buy. 
<laughs> which is when you least feel like buying. You rather yes, take yes. to your bed with those um, with those sort yeah. of constrictive stockings and yeah. and a yeah. cold compress <laughs> on your forehead. Um, okay, what about um, retail stocks, particularly in the light of you know the fact that no one's getting overly taxed in South Africa. Um, you know the and, and there's a little bit of bracket. Um, not bracket creep, uh, I suppose. Um, um, bracket relief. Back bracket relief, mm. uh, rather. Um, the question was, please ask David and Wayne which retailer they would prefer to hold in a portfolio for the long term between TFG, Trueworths, Mr. Price or Pep. Uh, Wayne. So what is the last one? It sounds uh, not so good. Sorry, TFG, Trueworths, Mr. Price and Pep. I mean, they're actually all good companies. I would I would go for Mr. Price simply because I think you're getting a better entry price into it because of, you know, their the, the last set of results that came out. But they're actually all good. And, and retailers, you know, they, despite everything, there are exceptions. The, the results were not bad. Hmm. You know, the furniture side's battling. Mr. Price had a few problems. Spa had a couple of problems. Pick and pay, but... The other retailers actually did reasonably well. I mean, Truewurst did well, Fashini did well, uh, Shoprite did well. Mm. D David, I mean, if you had a particular choice, uh, we don't ever talk about Lewis, and Lewis is totally ignored, and yet no. they actually, you know, they just mm -hmm. do their little they thing. They came under a lot of pressure. You know, they. if you looked at their last results, and even if you looked at um, Shoprite's results with OK Bazaars, uh, under pressure, and and one of the issues as well that Lewis said, which is, is that with load shedding, you know, buying patterns have changed. People just don't go out; they don't want to negotiate the traffic. So they've been it's it's been one sector that has been a little soft. Mm. Um, personally, I prefer the uh, shop rider, prefer the grocers to the you know to the apparel. But I've always been a Pepco supporter. You know, I've always just loved their model. And, you know, they're all over the place, just giving good value for money. Um, it's it's out, out, out of those three. They all they all look also have in a bit of a downturn at the moment. But, you know, we again, our retailers are well run. There's no, we haven't had, I, I know Mr. Price every now and again gets it a little wrong. And, uh, but they catch up soon. You know, they catch up pretty quickly after that. They, they, they're quite smart at uh, correcting errors. I mean, but I, I would my pips my store, yeah. Okay, because uh, um, we had Shane Watkins on from All Weather Capital a few weeks ago, and he was saying that the retailers have really feasted on the carcass of Edgar's um, for the last few years, which is <laughs> which is um, which has helped their growth. And now that that's kind of all worked through, well, what what is the prospect for any of these guys? Do you think that's um, I mean that it's fairly downbeat, and uh, I mean, do you think it's fairly uh, yeah. too downbeat? Uh, I, I th you know what they're doing is that, and this is happening in the grocers as well. Um, they're they're benefiting at the expense of smaller businesses as well. Um, they, they've got the they've got the power, so I think they're they're also knocking out some of those smaller retailers and you know corner shops and so on. And uh, making their growth at, at you know at at, um, at their expense. So I would imagine it's small and medium. Those you used to get the suburban type outfitters and that. 
I think those are all gone, you know, uh, taken over by, or the market share taken over by the big ones. Mm. You can't compete. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what Wayne says. You know, Wayne's got a better idea. You know, look, I've been hearing this eating Edgar's lunch for a decade. <laughs> oh. You know, there wasn't that much to start off with, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think the Edgar's factor is, is that big, to be honest. Okay. Um, there was a question that came through on Nepi Rockcastle a little bit earlier, asking what's the view of the company as a long-term buy at current prices? Dividends seem to be good annually, and their portfolio of properties are performing well. Is it a buy at the current price? Um, David, are you tempted at buy any property stocks, um, let alone Nepi Rockcastle? Me? Yes. No. Uh, I, it, <laughs> it, it's premature. I, I think we're going to get... A time very soon where you can put your you know foot in the water or dip your toe i'm a little nervous at the moment you know until we get through this the next couple of months but i think you you gain to get into value territory you know at the moment i haven't costed and that that's what i've been doing going through results is it's trying to work out what load shedding has cost you know what transnet has cost and it's coming through in the numbers and it's well worth going through like Tiger Brands and mm. Kumba and all those. But I don't know what the impact's going to be on some of the property companies. You know, Wayne is, he knows the business much better. And he came out, his company came out with a pretty good number recently, which I, I thought was quite impressive. But, you know, he's got a, a fair view of how the companies are holding, you know, up in this kind of environment. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wayne, that that moves it to yeah. you. I mean, uh, Nepi Rockcastle actually has done very well from a stock market perspective. Yes. And is that largely mm. because its portfolio is not South Africa? Of, yeah. Yes. I mean, they're, they're overseas. They, they've done big acquisitions. They've spent a lot of capital in the last while. And this was a very robust performance. I mean, it, it really was a good performance. The snake is, as you said, the share price is run. You know, so you're getting a four four percent odd dividend yield, which isn't great compared to other SA listed companies. Just on David's uh, uh, commentary, surprisingly enough, the general South African property market's actually doing okay, doing better than expected. You know, you can hardly believe it, but office vacancies. I mean, obviously they surged up during COVID, but in the last while they actually come down. Retail vacancies are fine. These so-called negative reversions, in other words, when you renegotiate your rental, it comes down, that number's getting smaller, so there's less negative reversions. You're getting 6% lease escalations into new leases when you sign them. And all the companies have dropped their loan-to-value ratio, so they've dropped their debt. Mm. And you, so I'm, I, I, I would actually, you know, go in and consider even buying it at these sort of levels because you get a very, very good uh, yield. You know, you can still buy a property company with a, you know, 10, 12% dividend yield, even though it's probably not going to grow much, you know, over the next couple of years, if at all. Mm. But if you can maintain a 12% dividend yield, I mean, that's an extremely good investment. So I, yeah, I would actually still go in. Yeah. Obviously, the time to buy them was after COVID. But yeah, I would still go in and buy them. Okay. Then there was a, a question on international shares. Um, so, um, and the viewer says, as always, I have two questions. I watched an insert on CNBC regarding John Deere. The narrative was to invest in them given their strong position in the market. 
would the panel buy that security at this point? And also, if possible, could you provide some insight on the semiconductor market? I've purchased Intel, albeit it's uh, showing a small <laughs> loss. However, when I look at Wolf Speed and its volatility, it looks like a trading stock and not one for investment. Perhaps mm. Microsoft would be a safer option to invest in. And then lastly, if David Shapiro is on the panel, please pass my thanks. His regular stock picks on Ferrari over the months really opened my eyes to a company worth <laughs> investing in. I have a small profit, but a profit nonetheless. Okay, so um, David, John Deere, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you think it's it's a worthwhile share to buy? I haven't looked that closely. When I say closely, you know, to a point of actually making a recommendation. But um, they, you know, what's interesting about all these companies that have got rolling wheels are that they're all going autonomous and they're all going electric, and and I think that's a big big development. You know where where you can get farmers who can just sit on sit on their stoops smoking pipe and drinking wine while these machines go out and do all the harvesting and so on. You know it's becoming a very autonomous industry, and I think John Deere is is well placed for that. Um, I can so, see a lot of farmers uh, saying, "What nonsense! You don't just get to sit in <laughs> yeah, your porch I know, I know. and David, drink David, wine David, and get someone David, else to do the harvesting." The countryside for a while. Yeah. I couldn't tell a mealy from a yeah. corn from from maize. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell a mealy from a corn. This is a city slicker um, <laughs> view on the matter, but but your but we we appreciate your views <laughs> nonetheless. I, I think that's you know that's what I've picked up that it's 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 an industry that is transforming hmm. and uh, into you know into autonomous into uh, ro I wouldn't say robotics but. But in the right direction, you know. My the company I like at the moment for that reason is 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 Daimler Trucks, you know, because they're also going that way. Yeah. And so there's revolution not only in the motor vehicles but anything that can move. So yeah, I, it's it's worth looking further into. Wayne, do you have any thoughts on John Deere, or shall I move over to the semiconductor market? Look, as I said, this whole thing ties into the big capital expenditure coming up. Yeah. by the mining companies and of course John Deere will be in that and you know just on David's point they've been actually John Deere in particular has been at the forefront for let's not call it autonomous vehicles but let's call it assisted vehicles in helping farmers I mean they've they've had enormous input into the farming community you know the 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 the, the their systems almost drive themselves you can program them I mean they hugely efficient they communicate with the internet back to john deere they give technical data i mean so that john deere is at the forefront of this actually it's a it's a it's a good company and i think that even though the share price is basically back at its previous high hmm. previous highs uh, 15p doesn't seem too bad for it okay and then the semiconductor market um intel um uh, this person said wolf speed uh, I, I don't know. I talked about it as a trading stock, um, or rather Microsoft, um, rather than and than any of the chip makers. I'm staying with you, Wayne. Yeah, look, I, I would rather go for Microsoft. You know exactly that. You know the, the capitalistic system is fantastic, but it's also has has its excesses. You know, we all had the chip shortage. You know, no one could find. You couldn't make a car. All of the chip shortage. Then, of course, capitalism turns on. Now there's a surplus, you know, so the, so the mm. share price, Intel's share price has dropped from 70 bucks to 25 bucks. Mm. 
mean, that's a massive fall. So I, I still think there's possibly more to come on this. And it's going to be very similar to our electricity by, I don't know, pick a day, 2026. We're going to have surplus electricity in South Africa because, you know, when something captivates private money and nothing is nothing has come to us as, as big as this electricity crisis we're in, the amount of money that's going to be spent in this is phenomenal. We're going to have new listings. People are going to come knocking on your door yeah. to install power systems. That is actually going to be surplus capacity in the not too distant future. And that's exactly what's happened with the chips. I'd rather buy Microsoft. David, just a quick comment there. Or just after, after, after it closed today in the US, uh, NVIDIA's numbers come out. It's going to be very interesting. And the beauty about NVIDIA, and it's been one that Wayne has been pushing for a long time now, is that they're well-placed for artificial intelligence. Probably that together with AMD are best placed for what's now become the, you know, the new buzzword. Microsoft as well. Microsoft is is creaming it at the moment with chat GPT, you know, at at, at Alphabet's expense. Mm. But uh, when, it, when it works. When it yeah. works. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. uh, then this question on Sassel, um, just trying to shove in a couple more before your stock picks. Um, and the question was with uh, Sassel dropping below the 270 Rand level and with oil being above $80, would this be a good time to buy Sassel, uh, uh, David? Uh, I don't know. I, I looked through the results and I need to go through it further because uh, they had there, there was one item there which was corporate, which was the biggest uh, gainer, you know, which, which really flattered their results. Uh, but overall, they've got lots of production problems and lots of issues there that still bother me, as well as falling chemical prices. Remember what Wayne said? I mean, as we came in, you're getting commodities under quite a bit of pressure now. Oil is starting to fall. The rand's in the favour in that, but once it starts to fall like this, just give it, mm. let it, let, let it fall a little further. I know they came with a dividend, which was unexpected and nice, but um, I, I don't know. There just seem to be too many, too many issues there. Yeah. That you know that that bother us. Wayne, um, do they bother you enough to just stay clear for a, a little while longer on Cecil? Yes. I, I agree with David, but it is showing value at this level. So if you had to buy now on a five-year view, you'll probably be very pleased with your investment. But I think this thing could go down. I don't know if it'll go below 200, but I think it could you know, fall a little bit from here, and then, then it would be time to buy. Okay. Um, very quickly, Wayne, sticking with you before I get to your stock picks, there's a question on Capco. I mean, Capco and Hammerson have had a really good run, haven't they, year to date? So yes. just any thoughts on on where to from here? Well, look, I mean, I've been speaking about Capco for, for actually a while. This is the premier retail and office in London and maybe even the premier retail in the world, quite frankly. I was there just after Christmas, freezing cold weather, you know, middle of winter in, in the glorious English winter, raining, drizzling on your head. You couldn't move. There were so many people. So I still like I still like Capco. I really do, and it has had a nice run. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's gratifying to see that. Okay. I'm afraid um, to those viewers whose questions I didn't get to, I apologise. As a I'm sure we'll pick them up tomorrow night. Um, your stock picks, David. Have you already mentioned it or something else? Which one? My truck company. Yeah. I actually like Siemens. Okay. I, it's it's a company I actually forsook some time ago, but their results that came out. 
really good and and they're also at the forefront of of uh you know the i don't want to call it the industrial revolution but at you know factory automation um also greening buildings and uh, you know doing the right thing in buildings so it, it's a, it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment but i like i like their numbers mm. and be careful this is I, I can't pronounce this uh i need your help uh to to uh you know pronounce the right way this is not the energy side this is all the other businesses so be careful if you're going to go out and look after this but but very solid numbers that came out just well placed for i think what lies you know what lies ahead in the next few um okay do you know what i mean in the next yeah. few few years okay i'll go and consult with the germans that i have staying with me um this evening if because uh, on, on pronunciation uh, wayne um, <laughs> what so what is your stock pick very quickly uh-huh. <clears throat> well if i remember correctly i think i picked standard bank yeah and you must okay, have been to totally gratified with today's trading updates and share price uh, movement. Yes, but that's not, I mean, I'm just picking standard. It, 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 maybe I should pick APSA. It actually looks a bit cheaper. But anyway, just on the banks, you know, APSA had a massive problem in Ghana. Mm. Standard Bank had a problem in Ghana. And the APSA one, I think, is bigger. But earnings are still up 11%. They're not going backwards. They're not yep. negative. And you've had a complete blow up in Ghana. And then Standard Bank, I mean, estimates i've heard is that it's took, taken five percent off earnings yep. so if they didn't have a ghana problem they would have increased earnings 35 percent i know that's and a, this is a single yeah. digit pe share sorry wayne i've got so to the cut underlying, the underlying yeah. banking yeah. operations are flying okay i mean they, they, they are just flying and at, at the moment with mining shares coming down the banks are actually going up yeah Okay, I have to cut you off and leave you there. Thank you very much. Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. Zanati's back with Stockwatch tomorrow night. Have a good evening.